0: Thank you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry His great joy to the ends of the earth. If you like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. This morning, I'm I'm starting a new series, and the series is called "Hallowed Be Thy Name." You know, we've been wanting to study the the name of God, all the names of God that the Bible talks about. We want we want to study that in this entire season. So, uh, you know, what I want you to do is make these names a regular. Part and partial of your regular Prayer when you pray When you uh, you know when you Speak something when you do something make Sure that this these names That we are declaring these names that we are praying These names that we are speaking That these names become a Part and partial of your regular Prayer life amen so I'll Begin with Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9 the Bible says Pray then like this Our father in heaven Hallowed be your name. You remember this, right? This is from the Lord's Prayer. I don't know why people call it the Lord's Prayer. This was not the Lord's Prayer. This was the prayer that the Lord taught the disciples to pray. Because the Lord never had to pray, forgive my sins, because he didn't have any sins. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, that's what it says, right? Uh, Forgive our sins as we have forgiven. Do you think Jesus ever prayed that? No, Jesus did not need to pray that. That was not the Lord's prayer. This was the disciples prayer. Any disciples in the house? Yes. So as disciples of Jesus, this is one prayer. This is one desire that has to be part and partial of our life. It says you have to pray like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, may your name be increased. May your name be honored may your name be glorified may your name be exalted may your name be the name that is above every other name may your name be the name that i will want to run after that I will want to exalt with all my life I'll, I'll read a couple of different translations that was the ESV translation this is uh, the new living translation It says pray like this our father in heaven may your name be kept holy you know what it means to be kept holy if you look at the word holy if you compare all the scriptures in the bible where it talks about holy you know the word holy you would see that the significance is about being set apart being kept aside that is what it means to be holy holy doesn't mean that you you know our definition of holy is that we do not do something or we do something that's not what holy is holy is to be set apart Now, God is holy. He's set apart. He's set apart from the angels. He's set apart from creation. He's set apart from everybody. It says that even when we get to heaven, there is only so much that we will get to have access into him. That we will have access into his presence. That for all eternity, we will be knowing him more and we will be getting to understand him better and we will still not have known him completely. That is what it means to be set apart amen now here it says lord let your name be set apart let it be for special use let it be for something that will uh, you know be uh, bringing unique results that's what it says it says let your name be kept holy amen the Passion Translation says it like this. It says, Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Be the center on which our lives turn. What he, what he is saying is, Lord, we want to exalt your name and we want to bring glory to your name and may your name be right in the center of our lives. Everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we pray, every every action of our lives, let it be directed towards the glory of your name. You know, if we, if we pray this prayer and if we try to literally practice this prayer, all kinds of selfishness will die in our lives. Every selfishness. Because, you know, we are... Tuned as human beings. We are tuned to live uh, With a me focused life everybody look at me everybody listen to Everybody come with Do what I want you to do and you know, you know follow me and, and 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 here the Bible teaches us to pray a prayer that says hey It's not about me. It's about building your lives around the glory of his name But when we come together to host the presence of God, when we come together to lift the name of Jesus, can it be less about us and more about his name? Can it be less about my needs and more about his glory? Can it be less about my dreams and my ambitions and my vision and my church and my house? And can it be more about, Lord, may my life be centered around the glory of your name? See, when we live like that, all the other things that has to be added will also be added to you. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the other things will be will be added unto you You don't have to struggle or strive for it it will be added it will be provided to you but it's necessary that we we learn to realign our desires to the glory of his name Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20 he says where two or three are gathered together in my name what did he say I am there in the midst of them. Isn't that amazing? He didn't say where two or three gather to sing songs. He didn't say where two or three gather to preach and to teach. What did he say? Where two or three gather together. Why? For what purpose? For for what joy do you gather together? You gather together in my name and when you do gather together in my name Jesus said hey I will be there in their midst I will be present in the midst of them amen so if we have to experience God's presence every time we gather what do we have to do glorify his name just call on his name just go crazy at honoring his name just become crazy at exalting the, the, the glory and the power that is hidden in his name and automatically his presence will begin to manifest, automatically his, his, his presence will begin to touch people automatically we will be able to see him we will be able to experience him and and when we come together it, it shouldn't be about hey uh, you know when he comes, when he does manifest what can I get out of it that's what many of us do what we do is say okay we have come together so that we can worship so that he comes and when he does come so that I can receive healing or I can receive breakthrough or that I can receive health or uh, financial blessings or whatever you know that becomes our intention right but here it says hey Don't make what you can receive from him. But instead, come to lift up his name. Moses sang this song in in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 3. He said, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our god i will proclaim what i will proclaim the name of our lord when when i gather when i when i sit down to pray when i am with two or three people when i have a need in my life when i don't have a need in my life this is what i will do i will proclaim the name of the lord now every time i talk about the name of the lord one name of the lord one particular characteristic about god will stand out One particular characteristic of God will begin to manifest. One particular characteristic of God will begin to be revealed to us. Now, let me tell you this. All the names that we have in the Bible are not the only names that God has. We learned that during the last series that when we all that conquer and overcome... Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, To them I will give my new name. Do you remember that? When when you overcome, you will have an understanding of a new name. This is in the book of Revelation, I think chapter 3. He says, to all that overcome, I will give them my new name. So all the names in the Bible are not the only names that God has. But these are the names by which we can have certain revelations of who God is. And and by these revelations, we can have those certain things manifest in our lives. That is why we should proclaim the name of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10. It says, The name of the Lord. I, I, I hope that you guys remember this by by heart, and we've sung songs about this, right? Let's read it out loud. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress, the godly what do they do? They run to him and are safe. It says the the name of the Lord is a strong fortress and then it says the godly run to him and are safe. It doesn't say the godly run to it. It says the godly run to him and are safe. Wait, doesn't make sense. The name of the Lord doesn't sound like a person that you have to call it a hymn like if I say the name of something I say you know ch- change its name you use the word it not him right but but when it comes to this place it says the name of the Lord is a strong fortress the godly they run to him, The him here is the name of the Lord. In other words, what he's saying is the name of the Lord is himself a person. In, uh, what, what you're saying is when you go, when you put your trust in the name of the Lord, you're actually putting your trust in him. And it says this hymn, this person, this this amazing, this name of the Lord. It says this name of the Lord is a strong fortress. When you exalt the name of the Lord, you are exalting your own protection. When you glorify the name of the Lord, you are glorifying your own hedge. See, no man can give you the covering or the protection that the name of the Lord can give you is there a protection that people can offer you absolutely you know if you are in a company there is a assurance there is a Guarantee There is uh, insurance that the company will give you that salary and they'll take off of your medical bills or whatever needs you have. If you're in a church, you're under a spiritual leader, you know that there is a spiritual covering over your life, which is greater than the financial, physical uh, covering that your office can give you, which is a bigger covering, right? But there is a greater covering than what your church can give you. There is a greater covering than what your man of God can give you. There is a greater name that is above every other name. And the Bible says that the name of this Lord is a strong fortress. And the godly, they run to him and are saved. Now the problem is that many of us, we don't feel godly enough to run to him. We don't feel righteous enough to run to him. We feel that we are not good enough. We feel that we are not uh, prayerful enough. We feel that we are not holy enough to go to him. And that's why we run to man. That's why we run to our phone. That's why we run to YouTube or we run to different, you know, things that can uh, immediately give us an answer. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong for us to go to a man, go to a church, go to a man of God, to receive a prayer, receive an answer, nothing wrong in it. But our first fortress, our first place of running to should not be man. That shows our wrong priority. When we are in trouble, if the first thing that you're going after, the first thing that you're trying to fix is, uh, you know, how can this person help me or how can that person help me, then then that is uh, completely misguided. You know, when you are in trouble the first place you need to run to is to the name of the Lord because the righteous they will run to him to whom to the name of the Lord and that name of the Lord is one unique revelation of the person of God and you will run to him and you are safe in that refuge knowing that I have this person who's covering my life i like the passion translation of the same words it says the character of god is a is a tower of strength so what it says is it says that the name of the of the lord is ideally a character of god And God has several attributes, several things that are part of his character, right? And the Bible says that this name of God, it's like a character of God, which is a a tower of strength for you and for me. See, it's not for God's protection. See, it's not like God needs protection. That's why he has these different names. No, no, no. He knows that you and I need protection. And that is why he's revealed those different names to us. So that we can experience protection in all those areas of our life. And it says the character of God is a tower of strength. And what does the lovers of God do? The lovers of God, they delight to run into his heart why because this is the character of God says the lovers of God what do they do they delight to run into his heart because when you run into his heart you see his character you see his revelation you you have a deeper understanding of who he is and it says the lovers of God they will they delight to run into his heart and once they run into his heart what happens to them they are exalted on high are exalted not the name of the lord the name of the lord is already a strong fortress but when you run to it what happens is you are exalted high you are elevated your position your perception is elevated let me read the amplified translation of the same verse it'll make more sense it says the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous runs to it and Is safe. How 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 are they safe? They are safe because they are set on high, far above evil now talk about the name of the lord that is the power of god's name it says that this name the the name of the lord it is a strong tower so that when the godly or the righteous or the lovers of god they run to it they will be elevated above and they will be set above they will be their perception will increase to a place where they are able to see their enemies they are able to see their challenges they are able to see their problems with the right perspective with the right perspective I pray that with everything that happens over this series that your perception will change that your, your, your vision about your enemies will change that how you see your problems will change You do not have to shiver when your problems come to face you. Your problems need to shiver because of your position. How many of you know that you and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places? But if we don't realize our value, if we don't realize what this name of the Lord can do for us, then we will be on the run. From pillar to post. From pastor to uh, you know counselor. We will try to receive everybody's help. Hoping that somebody will help me. But if you understand the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That the righteous in this place. They can run to it. And they can be safe and they can be set on high. Far above all kinds of evil. And I'm telling you. We will never live another defeated day in our lives. We will not have another day of discouragement. I'm not saying discouragement will not come near you, but that you will be above that discouragement. You can see the discouragement, but you will be looking down on your discouragement. You will not be seeing eye to eye. When the name of the Lord becomes your strong tower what happens to you it says that you are elevated come on read that once again the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous runs to it and is safe how are they saved they are saved because they are set on high far above evil every evil they are set high far above every kind of evil every kind of problems amen Amen. now let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 I hope that somebody knows this verse by heart anybody I hope you know this verse by heart at least this verse if nothing else in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. See, it's like this: if you if you believe this verse, you have the grounds to believe the rest of the Bible. You know, I I, I hear people saying, "Well, oh, I can't believe that Jonah got swallowed by the whale." Hey, you believe that God created heavens and the earth in the split of a second in one verse? He created the heavens and the earth. How hard is it for a whale to eat Jonah and spare him out? Uh, you know there are people who say I believe these things about the Bible but not these things come on if you believe that God created heavens and the earth I don't think there is anything more impossible than that right come on what is the one thing that science is fighting today they are fighting the idea of a creator God they are fighting how is it possible that what science tells us took millions and billions of years to evolve how can it be that it just happened just like that that's something that they can't make sense out of they're like no it takes so many billion years for a star to be born and so many billion years for a star to die and so many more billion years and the Bible says he created stars and and he by the breath of his mouth they, they he just put them into place how, how, how long does it take for you to breathe no no you and I are slow creations right if, if that's how long it takes for us to breathe how fast can God create heavens and the earth And that is what the whole of the world of science is fighting and they're like no 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 I don't think that's possible If that's not possible then there's no God that's what they are saying Now that's a completely different argument but my point is that the the most impossible verse in the whole of Bible is Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 that's the biggest, the most impossible verse in the Bible. It's not the fact that Jesus healed the sick, that He brought people back from uh, life. And I mean, I've I've heard people say, "Oh, he, you know, that person was still sleeping or whatever." You know, they try to justify the healings, guys. If you believe Genesis 1 verse 1, you have no right left to complain about anything else in the Bible. Because this is the the most impossible verse in the Bible. If this can happen, then everything else can happen. Amen. Now here also lies the the first time the word God is used in the Bible. If you go to the root of it, the Bible uses the word Elohim. That is the word that is used over here. It's the first name that we're gonna focus upon. Now the whole of Genesis chapter 1 We would see only the word Elohim being used As long as God is creating You would see the word Elohim that is being used Have you heard this name Elohim? See there is another word which is almost like a, a singular form of Elohim Which is El You know which is also found in the Bible That is also used uh, for the word God you know the English word God that's also used but majority of the time when the Bible refers to God especially in the Old Testament again now we're talking Hebrew Okay, Old Testament was written in Hebrew majority of the time the Hebrew Bible or the Hebrew Old Testament refers to the word God it uses this word Elohim now, this Elohim, it is plural in the ordinary sense, uh, which means it's not talking about God, but it's talking about a sense of God. Okay? Now, in the English language, we would think it's different gods, but that's not what it means. It means uh, a unity of sense. Okay? It's like saying, it's the, you know, if you read the, 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 terminology it, there is one verse in the bible in Deuteronomy chapter 6 here it says behold the lord your god is one have you heard about that verse behold the lord your god is one now that one is is the word ekad or united it is not the number one the numero one it's the word united uh, if you if you look at Genesis chapter 2, God says this about Adam and Eve. And God says, Hey, now a man shall leave his father and mother and he will cleave to his wife. No married people in the house. Nobody knows this scripture. I understand. Anybody knows the scripture? And he will cleave to... Even the unmarried people should know this because this is this ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. He says, A man shall leave his father and mother... And will cleave to his wife And they shall be One flesh They shall be one Now they will no longer be two Now they will be one And if you go back to the Hebrew of that word one It's again the word ekad Now What it means is See when a, when a husband and a wife When they get married Is it like you only find one person There are two persons But God says they are one They are united They are, In my eyes they are one right and in the same way in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 the Bible says behold the Lord your God is one which means there is plurality within Godhead there is a father and there is a son Jesus and there is His Holy Spirit now it's not saying singular one in the sense of one God but it's saying hey Elohim Elohim who is some some person who is plural, it's three persons and yet they are united as one. Now we, we cannot make sense of it because when we are looking at it, we are like, okay, I know people who are one, I know husbands and wives, they are in no sense the same. They are completely different in their attitude they are completely different in their perception you know their personalities will be different their looks will be different everything will be uniquely different about both of them right but here is where god is different from us where the father is loving Kind, gentle, glorious, awesome. The Son is loving, kind, gentle, glorious, awesome. And the Holy Spirit is loving, kind, gentle, glorious, awesome. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit is one. Now, who created the heavens and the earth? Elohim created The Father created the heavens and the earth. The Son created the heavens and the earth. And the Holy Spirit created it. It was their oneness, in their unity that the heavens and the earth was created out of. Amen. So the first thing about those word Elohim is that it is a, it's almost like a plurality. Okay. It's not singular. It's plural. Okay. So every time that we pray, you know, one of the things that we're going to do in this season is we're going to sing songs about these names yeah and when we when we cry out saying Elohim we are saying father you are Elohim son Jesus you are Elohim Holy Spirit you are Elohim amen now if you read the definition of this word you will find these terms supreme ruler he's the supreme ruler he's the uh, the judge or the divine one you know these are the uh, literal translations of uh, the word Elohim that are used in the Bible you can go back and do your own research and, and study more another uh, definition would be creator somebody who is controlling everything he is sovereign above it all and he is the sustainer now another another thing eternal there is no beginning and no end because he's Elohim because he's all-powerful because he's almighty it is impossible for him to have a beginning which means if you say that God began in this place it means that there was a place where God was not there which is not possible because he is Elohim he is supreme. A, there is nobody who can surpass this Elohim He's above it all. He's the supreme ruler. The judge that each and every one of us will have to give an answer to. You know, so often we only see the, the loving, kind, shepherd picture of Jesus. Right? Now, yes, he's also that. But he is also Elohim. And one day, every knee will bow to that Elohim. One day, every person living and dead will have to be judged by their Elohim. One day, everybody will have to come and give an account for whatever they did here on earth. Why? Because he is the supreme ruler. He is the creator. Like, you know, when he is sitting and, and asking an account for us, from us, he's not asking an account as a friend to friend. He is asking an account as creator to creation. Because he created heavens and the earth. And now he will ask an account from his creation. The next thing, he deserves all glory. He is the preeminent one. He deserves that place of all worship. The father deserves it. The son Jesus deserves it. And the Holy Spirit deserves it. He is preeminent. He is above everything. Amen. Now all of this, I shared from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning... God created heavens and the earth. And you know, know the rest of the story of how God created. And God looked at everything and, said, and God said, wow, it is good. And then there was day and night. And then God made something else. And God said, wow, this is good too. This is pleasing. This is beautiful. This is perfect. Now, let's jump to the book of Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, for ever since the world was created. When was the world created? Sorry In the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 that is our time reference here (laughs) heavens and earth were created in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 right so ever since Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 happened we don't know the time frame we don't know how long ago was that but ever since Genesis 1 verse 1 the Bible says people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made What can they see? They can clearly see. Come on, read it out with me. They can clearly see the invisible qualities. What are they? His eternal power and his divine nature. In fact, I didn't add this there. In fact, the verse goes on to say, which means that nobody will be left without an excuse. I I keep hearing a lot of questions by people. What will happen to those that don't, know about Jesus, what will happen to those that are not born in a Christian family what will happen to those that are not uh, privileged enough to tune into one of our live streams I hope that you will make sure none of your friends are in that gap are in that place where they have not heard about Jesus, that each and every one of you would take active effort to make sure to go and tell them about Jesus, right, none of your friends should stand up in heaven and when they are giving an account for their life they shouldn't say, oh This guy, he never talked to me about Jesus. So this girl, she never mentioned that, you know, there is only one way to heaven. But the Bible says, even if they have not heard, okay, by a preacher, by a a friend, family member, whoever, even if they have not heard, what will happen is, when they stand before God, God will ask them an account from what he has created because he is Elohim. He, the purpose of all creation was to talk about God we think that you know uh, wow we are in this amazing place so that we can enjoy no 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 this is all to glorify his name to exalt to hallow his name and the Bible says ever since the world was created what is the world doing the world is showing of God's invisible qualities we may just call it coincidence Or we may just call it scientific occurrence but the Bible says that this is God showing off his eternal power that this is God showing off his divine nature that every time you have an encounter with the things of the heaven and with the things of the earth you are getting a glimpse of God's eternal power and his divine nature how many of you animal lovers how many of you like watching National Geography or Discovery or you know Our Planet or Netflix or you know whatever those amazing people who have done you know, so much work in capturing these footage from different parts of the world and bring it to our televisions or our phones and and usually what we do is, wow, this is amazing, this is good. And yet the Bible says when you look at it, what it actually shows you Is God's character what it actually shows you is the fact that his eternal power the devil day there will come a day when the Elohim will come and ask you an account for what you have learned from the creation around you and because the creation is teaching about God the creation is speaking about his divine nature let's jump to the book of Psalms chapter 19 and verse 1 are you ready what does it say yes. the heavens proclaim the glory of God so the next time you want to go stargazing you're not doing this for scientific purposes it's a spiritual activity when you look at the heavens when you study things in the heavens, what are you seeing? You are studying and seeing the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. It says that is their job. The heavens, what they, what they are doing essentially is they are declaring the glory of God. The skies, they display his craftsmanship. You know, the kind of view that we have here on earth, it is very unique. Like, the way that the earth is placed in the Milky Way if we were placed anywhere else even in the Milky Way you know uh, do you guys understand when I say Milky Way Milky Way is the galaxy and there are hundreds and billions of galaxies out there and in the huge galaxy called Milky Way there is one tiny dot called our solar system and and in that big solar system there is one tiny earth and the way that our earth is placed the angle at which our earth is placed and the way that our solar system is placed you can google about this and you know learn more if you would like to is in such a way that we are able to see the rest of the Milky Way and beyond into uh, other galaxies if we were anywhere else the light would have been too bright or you know the scientists use all these astronomical terms to tell you that you know god basically gave you a window seat you know if when you take a flight you you prefer a, especially if it's over a beautiful city and you know that you're flying over the ocean you want the window seat right And God technically gave you a window seat, your earth, the earth where we are placed, we are placed in such a place that we are able to enjoy the whole universe from where we are placed the skies they display his craftsmanship and for for, from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 what have they been proclaiming they've been proclaiming the glory of God they've been proclaiming to us the craftsmanship of God they've been proclaiming to us his eternal power and his divine nature amen 19 verse 2 Psalms it says day after day they continue to speak night after night they make him known so every day it's necessary that you go in the morning you go and see and try to hear what the what the stars are speaking to you what the sun is speaking to you it says night after night who do they make known they make their elohim known to you can you imagine this is what heavens and earth is doing since genesis chapter 1 verse 1 till now how much more should you and i be doing the same This is what they've been doing. They are proclaiming the glory of God. They are talking about God's invisible attributes, his divine nature, his internal power, his craftsmanship, the glory of his name, the glory uh, of of God. How much more should you and I be speaking? And it says, verse 3, they speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Wait, that doesn't make sense says verse 1 and 2 it says they are proclaiming the glory of God verse 2 it says hey they are day after day they are speaking and verse 3 says but they speak without a without a word without any sound how is that possible can I speak to you without a sound come on this morning I'm, I'm trying to talk to you Anybody understand what I'm trying to talk to you? I, I was trying to telepathize to some of you here. Anybody got that? Unless you're a prophet of a different league, I, I'm sure you didn't get what I was thinking, right? The Bible says that the heavens and the earth, without a sound or a word, they are proclaiming the glory of Elohim. They are proclaiming the craftsmanship of Elohim. They are proclaiming his eternal characteristics his his power his his beauty they are proclaiming it how are they doing that how are they doing that sorry they displayed how what do they do sorry sorry the stars come in the night the sun come. they they shine technically they do what they were made to do what were they made to do Shine. when they did what they were made to do what are they doing they are displaying the glory of God see you are thinking what do I have to do to do that Do I have to become a preacher now? Do I have to sign up for teaching classes? Because if day after day they are speaking, then I have to... No, no, no. They are speaking without a word coming out of their mouth. They are speaking without a word being said. Nobody hears the heavens and the earth saying, Hey, God is real. Nobody sees written in the sky saying, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Anybody found that yet? No. They speak without a word, without a voice being heard. Why? How do they do that? They do that by performing the task to which they were called, to what they were created. When God created them, God said, "Okay, shine." They made, God He made the sun to rule in the morning and the moon to govern during the night. Do you remember? You remember the word "govern"? That was their job. Their job was to rule in the morning and rule in the night. And that's what they've been doing faithfully ever since Genesis 1 verse 1. And the Bible says when they did what they were asked to do, they were in fact showing off God's eternal power and his divine nature child of God, when you and I, when you and I, when we position ourselves in that place where we do what we were called to do, what we were made to do, what we were created to do, we will be showing off the glory of our Elohim. We will be showing off the glory of this personality who created us the Bible says Psalm 19 verse 4 yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world even though they have not spoken a word why because they have been faithful to their calling they have been faithful to their Creator God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. Verse 5, it says it bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. It's talking about the sun. It says the sun rises at one end of the heavens. And follows its course to the other end and nothing can hide from its heat why because that's what God asked him to do and ever since he has been doing that faithfully day after day man if if uh, the son could uh, talk to me I would ask him man how long have you been doing this has it made any sense to these people on the earth that you're trying to teach these guys don't understand anything that you're trying to tell them they don't seem to understand what you're proclaiming to them they don't seem to understand the craftsmanship of God they don't seem to understand the the divine nature and eternal power and all of these things why don't you just give up why don't you just stop doing what and the Bible says day after day they're doing that obediently until the time comes and God tells them to stop they will continue to do it day after day irrespective of the results irrespective of how they are treated I'm sure some guys someday will try to land on the sun also (laughs) they will try to do some crazy stuff there too and irrespective of how they are treated the Bible says they will just keep doing their tasks day after day that is how faithful the creation is and then you and I we, we see everything else about him, but we don't see God as our Elohim. That is why we question him. That is why we say, oh, you know, look at this. No results, bro. I, I, I don't think I can continue in this anymore. You know, look at this. No, I've been praying for so long, but no breakthrough. He's your Elohim. He's not. Right now, I, I want you to get this very clear. Today, I want you to go back remembering that He is your Elohim. Paul uh, I think he said it like this does the clay have the right to argue with the potter saying why did you make me this way why did you color me like this why didn't you make me born in that family why did not I have white skin or that skin or why did I have not more money can the clay argue with the potter no. Why? Because he is your creator. He is your Elohim. And he is the one who will judge you for every word, everything. Now we heard about morning time. Let's go to night time. Psalms chapter 8 and verse 3. It says, when I look at the night sky. This is again Sam of David. And he's saying, you know, he spoke about morning. Now he's speaking about night. It says, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers the galaxy is the work of his finger okay and I see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place. Do you know that each and every one of us have a place yeah. that we cannot outdo or overdo? Now I, you know it's so many times I've wondered this why did God put a moon when there are stars that are more powerful and brighter? Why is not it that the moon has to give us light? You know, and moon doesn't even have his own light. You know, and, and he fades off once in a... Once or twice a month. Twice a month? Yeah. Twice a month he has a mood swing. And, and he'll be like, you know, Sorry bro, you all have to manage on your own today. <laughs> and, and he will not be available. And I've thought, why is, it, why is it that God has to use this moon? Why can't God use the stars? you know, so it will be permanent lighting, good lighting throughout the entire month you know, even the nights will be well lit but God decided, no each and every person has a place, now if you go into science they will tell you that if the moon hadn't been like that then the whole world will get flooded, you know how there is high tides and low tides based on the nearness and the of the moon and it balances everything out the way that God has created the world it's absolutely perfect although the stars are more gorgeous more powerful more beautiful God did not allow the stars to govern our night God allowed a moon that is less powerful that doesn't even have his own light to govern our nights that's God's way of doing things sometimes the people that God will ask to mentor you to lead you maybe like a moon may not be as powerful as the star but are you willing to still submit to them are you willing to still listen to them because everybody has a place everybody has a place you and i we have a place in god's kingdom you and i we have a place in god's creation what is my rightful place what does god want me to do He goes on to say, when I see all this, this is the question I ask. Verse 4, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Do you know that God thinks about you? That Elohim thinks about you? It says, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should even care for them. This Elohim is not just thinking about you. This Elohim is also caring for you. Isn't that amazing? It says verse 5, Yet you made them only a little lower than God. Now the word God here is translated different in different Bibles. Some place it will say you made them a little lower than angels, you, you made them a little lower than God's different word. But the root word is the word Elohim. The root word says you made him a little lower than Elohim. And he says, you made him a little lower than Elohim. And what did you do to him? You crowned him with glory and honor. Can you you feel a crown of glory on your head this morning? That's what Elohim did for you he placed you right under him now, now we just heard how he has placed the sun, the moon, the stars and all of universe the, the heavens and the earth in its rightful place and its rightful seasons to respond to him and then the Bible says he, he doesn't just think about you he doesn't just care for you he has positioned you where? right under him not along with the rest of the creation but right under Elohim a little lower than God himself verse 6 I hope that you will catch this Lord I hope that we will catch this it says you what did you give you gave them charge of everything you made putting all things under their authority now that doesn't make sense He made heavens, earth, everything and then he made someone else who is a little lower than himself and he said, all of this is under your authority. That's crazy. That's God saying, hey, the sun, the moon, the stars, the animals, the world, the climate, everything responds to your authority. See, this is the thing. When you have a revelation of who Elohim is, This is in one line, okay? David is looking at this and David is looking at the sun, the moon and the stars and this is the revelation he is receiving from Elohim because the sun and the moon and the stars, they are showing off the glory of God. It's showing off the craftsmanship and and when David is looking at all this, this is the revelation he gets. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I am placed above everything that he has made. I am placed right under Elohim and i have been given authority over everything that he has made everything that he has made he has put it under my charge i am not submitting to the climate i am not submitting to my environment my environment submits to me whatever you're afraid of is it something god has made if it's not something god has made then you have a problem Did God create that person? Come on. Lucifer, who created him? God. Who has authority over this Lucifer? Not God. (laughs) You have authority over him. Everything that God made, you have authority over him. Come on. Verse 7 and 8. Let's read it out, okay? The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals the birds in the sky the fish in the sea and everything that swims the ocean currents no 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 i know all the theologians are thinking right now you're saying pastor this is this was true in the garden of eden but after adam no that's not possible but look at this david is writing this this and you know when he's writing this when he doesn't even have a revelation of jesus See, with Jesus, things are possible that even David could not do. Now, David is looking at things that is possible even before Jesus died for us on the cross. Even without seeing what was finished by Jesus on the cross. Just by a mere revelation of Elohim, David is saying this. That, hey, the flocks, the herd, the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea and everything that swims the ocean currents. You put it in charge of Man, (sighs) should I just stop here? Do you get this point yet? Or I hope that we will not take this revelation for granted. I hope that we will become serious. Let me read this statement out. Anyone, read it with me, anyone with a genuine revelation of Elohim cannot be stopped from exercising. Dominion and authority over the creation. Anybody who has a revelation of Elohim cannot be stopped. So let me see, let me tell you where the Lord is taking us into. The Lord is taking us into a place where we have dominion and authority over creation, over all of creation, over the world around us. You and I, I mean, when Jesus walked the earth. He told the seas, "Peace be still." Joshua, the Bible says, he told the sun, "Sun, you stand still, till I tell you, till I overcome my enemy, you are not allowed to set." Now you go and tell that to a scientist. There, one man, with one word, with one prayer, he stopped the sun in its place, and we don't know how long that took. That battle went on for days and the sun did not set for days isn't that crazy you know how how the sun sets the sun sets when the rotation rotation right the rotation of the earth goes on that's how can you imagine with Joshua stretching out his hand the rotation of the earth stopped hmm. for one word that he had spoken because he had a revelation of who his Elohim is. He had a revelation that this is what Elohim has done for me. He had a revelation that, hey, this is, this is where I'm headed to. So nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop me. You will become unstoppable, friends. You will become unstoppable. If you're watching me online, I'm telling you, we are, we are in this world where the world is struggling with, with this pandemic and this COVID and all these things. But let me tell you, you have dominion and you have authority and you have the final say. And whatever you say will come to pass. Whatever you declare, if you tell that virus to stand still, it shall stand still. If you give access to that virus to get into your house, then it will get into your house. But if you give a command, stand still, then it will stand still. Because the Elohim has placed you right under Him. Right under Him. That's where the Elohim has placed you. Somebody said it loud, Amen. Amen. You know, the, the kind of power that is available to us in the name of God is so crazy that God had to add a warning in the Bible. Let me read that warning for you. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. He said, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. In other words, you're not trying to use the name of Elohim to get what you want. You remember what I started with? We do this to honor his name, to lift his name high, to exalt him, to take uh, uh, his kingdom and his praise and his honor to the next level with everything that we do. With the prayers that we pray. Joshua did not make the sun stand still so that, you know, so that he can watch extra television that day. (laughs) You know, he, he made the sun stand still so that God's people can have the victory. Amen. When you use the name of the Lord, not for your benefit, but for his benefit, it says, the Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Another translation says, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Amen. So how do we understand that we are misusing or not? Let's read Psalms 86 verse 11. It says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. So, what we have to do now is instead of your name, we have to replace it with Elohim. Can we do that? And instead of O Lord, we will put Elohim. Can we do that? So, every time we use the word Elohim, the revelation that comes to us is He's my creator, He has put me right under Him. He's given me authority he has made the whole world so that they can show off his glory and that is how he has created me too and when we pray with that revelation in our head then when we say teach me your way we are not saying teach me your way so I can go and preach a sermon about you you are saying teach me how to function as a human being under the authority of Elohim see we are not even talking about child of God This is talking about human beings. This is applicable for believers and unbelievers alike. Anybody that understands their revelation as somebody who is placed under Elohim, they have access to the power that Elohim carries. Let's pray. Teach me your way, O Elohim that I may walk in your truth Elohim unite my heart to fear your name which is Elohim unite my heart let my heart not be divided let my heart not go after different 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 things let my heart not run after this name and that name and you know you like it or not when you stand up you are projecting a name with your life but you know we have to pray Lord unite my heart that I will fear your name Elohim that I will respect Elohim it's not saying fear in the sense like you know of uh, the, the fear that a criminal will have when he faces the judge this is fear that uh, 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 a human being a creation will have when he meets his creator because he is placed under God amen Let's read verse well together. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. That is what I will do. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. This creator god he did not just place us right under him he made a way for our salvation he made a way for our deliverance from the ways of men he made a way for us to get rid of sin he made a way for us to live like him amen he has delivered my soul from the depths of sheol the bible says in romans chapter 10 and verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved today I pray that some of you will call upon Elohim some of you will call upon the creating power that God has and as you call upon his creating power that same power that same authority will begin to manifest through your life and whatever area of your life that you need salvation from when you call upon the name of the Lord. I know that we have called upon Him as Savior. And if you have not, today you should do that. If you have not seen Him as your Savior, then may I invite you to do that today. May I encourage you, even if you are watching online, even if you are in this place and you have not accepted this Jesus as the Savior of your sins. If you have not called Him Lord over your life, then do that today. And may that action that you do may it cause your salvation to come to pass may you be saved from this world may you be saved from hell may you be saved from sin and may you live forever through Jesus but I'm also praying for those that have a revelation of who Jesus is as the savior of their life but they don't necessarily see him as the Elohim over you But today, we're going to say, Lord, I call upon the name of Elohim. I call upon the name of Elohim. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be our guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website, dreamingrevival.com.